What up, world? Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in this episode. In today's episode, I want to talk about the some updates from the Blazers coaching search. I was going to call it news there, but I'm not sure it's news. There are certainly updates to be had, and we'll discuss them a little bit later on in this show. But in addition to that, I want to discuss the transition the Blazers are making in their television broadcast from NBC Sports to Root Sports. The Blazers' offseason of, uh, of of shifting to a new era includes a new era of a broadcast partner, a new uh, a new place to find your uh, find the Blazer games on your TV. So we'll talk sort of the implications of that um, in in to close out the show. Uh, if you missed it, yesterday's podcast was 45 minutes on all of the sort of implications, parameters, possibilities that will follow or that could become of a CJ McCollum trade. Uh, in that episode, I mentioned that the Blazers could potentially be uh, after Chris Middleton if the Bucks needed to tear it down. And then Chris Middleton had like a 35 point dominant game and a win over uh, a win over the Brooklyn Nets, not exactly helping the cause. Uh, I think like an important caveat for all that stuff is like it has to be the right situation for both teams. And if um, if if another team is not in need of a shakeup, there is no right situation. Uh, I, I felt I felt pretty funny after saying like Middleton could be the guy. Like the Bucks look like they're in trouble, and then he just looks incredible. Um, one of the things I noted in that is like he doesn't have. He sometimes can get bogged down. His individual offense like struggles a little bit, and maybe CJ can go uh, can can help there. And then Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton combined for sixty eight of the Milwaukee Bucks eighty six points, uh, a, an NBA record for two teams mates combining for a percentage of their team's points in the playoffs so um <laughs> not great not great for uh for my predictions but that's what happens like that's why it's that's why i did a whole episode on how, sort of the challenges because even if even if you sort of narrow it down to uh to a couple like here are some some reasonable targets those reasonable targets have to be involved takes two to tango as i said and you need a willing dance partner uh it's it'll it'll be a challenge so if you haven't if you got questions about the cj mccollum trade or you didn't listen to that that episode uh, i just want to use these first couple minutes of today's show to uh to point you in that direction because uh, i did a bunch of work on it you know i've been working on it for you know a couple weeks uh it's uh it, I've had mostly positive feedback. I've had some people frustrated. So um, I think I think that is a sign that a, that a show worked. So if you're interested in like what a CJ McCollum trade might look like and all of sort of the transitions and new new beginnings, new horizons for the Blazers that are going to exist this offseason and beyond, uh, we touch on it there. We start there with sort of a big one. We're going to do more of that here in the future. Uh, it's kind of what, what I want to talk about on today's show too, is like the coaching changes is, was step one. You get rid of Terry Stotts, that's step one. You got to hire someone else. Then you got to refigure the ro- reconfigure the roster and all these things. Um, n- the reconfiguring the roster, not, not particularly guaranteed, right? Like they could run it back with a very similar team um, just because it's hard to move some of their parts and maybe only a back half of the roster changes, but they're certainly going to have to hire a new coach. <laughs> that is, that's non-negotiable. Someone will have to come in and coach this team. And we've got some news on that, on that coaching front. Um, Mike D'Antoni of the currently an assistant with the Brooklyn Nets has expressed his interest to the athletic specifically that he's, he's interested in the job. He's a name that's been listed that uh, by uh 
ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski as someone who the Blazers would consider. Uh, so he certainly, if he says he's interested and the Blazers seem to appear interested through other uh, media outlets, he's a name to know. We'll talk about him in a second. And uh, Jawan Howard is probably no longer in the running. Someone who was mentioned in the Blazers uh, coaching search, no longer in the running. We'll talk about that in the second segment as well. But first, we got to give out a little bit of hardware. I mentioned at the top of the show, this episode's brought to you by Michelob Ultra. And so it's time to give out this week's Ultra Moment. Look, the Blazers haven't played in a little while, but the ultra moment of the week remains to me the third quarter of Game 4 against the Denver Nuggets when Norman Powell scored 10 points to have the Blazers blow open a game, turning a comfortable lead into a rout. And I'm not just giving that because it was, you know, the sort of moment of joy, the moments of, you know, fans back in the stadium letting to have a, a moment to sort of express their happiness, express their true joy of watching their Blazers tie the series up and, and keep their season alive. Not not just because of that. Uh, you know, Michelob Ultra wants you to know that it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And you were able to enjoy that third quarter for Norman Powell, but also because it shows you what the future might be. If, if, if Norman Powell's here for the long haul, that was that those 12 minutes were an example of what you want from him. He made threes, he got downhill and got to the rim, he finished through contact, he was aggressive and decisive, and his man on the other end, Michael Porter Jr., went scoreless. It was it was exactly what you kind of it was the full sort of what you expect Norm can be, right? The the height of the height of your expectations for what Norman Powell could be and why the Blazers made the trade. So it was truly, it was truly just the moment that that brought you joy during the playoffs. Perhaps perhaps the height of Blazer joy in the playoffs was that third quarter from Norman Powell. And again, at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, there's more to enjoy with Michelob Ultra. It's a reminder that joy creates success. And enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. So in that first segment, we gave out a little bit of hardware to Norman Powell, and uh, we talked about how, you know, as the Blazers take steps forward in their sort of transition to whatever the next era of Trailblazers basketball looks like, it's going to be challenging because a name I had identified as a potential trade target then looked like an integral piece of a team competing for a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's hard to trade Chris Middleton if he looks like the second best player on the roster. Um, It's even if... it is just uh, all. There's so many factors involved in making trades. Like the other teams have to be have to be interested. Other parties have to be interested. You have to get back what you want. They have to get what they want. There are so many challenges, and so uh, I'm. I think the roster configuration is going to be really hard. The Blazers' really only outlet for getting better is trades this summer. They do not have a draft pick in this upcoming draft. They will not have cap space. Um, in in free agency, they're basically only going to be dealing with either the mid-level exception or the taxpayer mid-level exception, depending on order of operations and if the and the biannual exception if they want to use it. So, the, like, why I spent a whole episode and why I'm kind of rehashing it here is like trades are the outlet that they have to get better going forward, but even those are a challenge. But what's not a challenge is they continue to reconfigure the roster as picking a coach. I mean, it's a challenge, but you have to do it. It's not a, there, there are only so many factors. And and um, the Blazers, you know, they, Neil Olshay said in a press conference this week that he's going to have 25, 20 to 25 candidates and pare down the list from there. And there's going to be extreme vetting and all this stuff. And then there was a report later this week from NBC Sports that they'd already pared it down to seven or eight candidates. In three days, they went from 25 to seven or eight 
Uh, nope. <laughs> I don't believe that for one second. Uh, they always had a list of about four or five names. Um, they probably have a list of slightly more than that, but I'm sure the first choices reported by Adrian Wojnarowski when it was just reported that Terry Stotts was on the way out are the names that the Blazers want. That's Chauncey Billups, who I think maintains their number one very obvious choice, the assistant coach with the Los Angeles Clippers. Other names on that list include Jeff Van Gundy, Jawan Howard, and Mike D'Antoni. Now, Jeff Van Gundy is probably not going to publicly comment on that job. Um, He's not my choice, but if the Blazers are interested in him, we'll we'll discuss him at a future date. But those two other names, the back half of the list, Mike D'Antoni and Jawan Howard, we do have some updates on their candidacy and interest in the the job. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Woj is back. Uh, They... Juwan Howard has been informing NBA teams that he is not interested in joining an NBA team even if the head coach position was available. He is staying in Ann Arbor and coaching at the University of Michigan. Howard was really successful in his um, in Michigan last year. He's in a good spot. Um, he's back at his alma mater. They've been competitive. Uh, I don't know. I For me, I don't think head coaching in college is um, a better gig than being a head coach in the NBA, but... It's certainly a very different one. Like the temperament is very different. You're you're dealing with you know teenagers, young young men and teenagers, um, versus adults and and egos and millionaires and all the things that come with the challenges of being a head coach. Uh, seems like Juwan Howard has significantly more job security at Michigan than he would otherwise going somewhere else. And maybe that having that job security is more valuable to him. And maybe he just likes coaching college. You know, there's like different strokes for different folks. So I think Juwan Howard, you can cross his name off. Um, no reason to believe Woj is wrong. And, um, you know, it's uh, cross that one off the name off the list for the Blazers. That might be there, that might be some of the sort of reasoning why the Blazers have seven or eight names down from 25 is because they had four names and one of them's out, right? Um, if you're into this type of thing, the betting odds at betonline.ag still peg Chauncey Billups as the favorites. Uh you know, you can go bet on, you can head over to bet online and and make your picks if you want. But if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I think that all of the reporting from the athletic and from, from ESPN is suggests that Chauncey has been the guy. Uh, Mark Stein of of New York Times said the same thing, that the perception is the Blazers really want Chauncey Billups. He's their choice. Um, Doesn't mean they'll get him. You know, Billups is going to be a hot name on the the coaching circuits. Uh, The Boston Celtics reportedly have interest and plan to interview Chauncey whenever the Clippers playoff run ends. So, it could be other names, hence the list maybe, uh, hence the list that was almost certainly never 25 names, but was probably bigger than four or five had to be expanded. And the really, but there is a name on that list who has interest. That's right. Mike D'Antoni has interest in coaching the Blazers, according to Sam Amick of The Athletic. Uh, for obvious reasons, right? You get to coach Damian Lillard. Um, you get to Coach a team that has been a, con- a consistent playoff team, a roster that's already playoff caliber, championship caliber, not quite yet. Um, they're not they're not in that tier of teams, but a playoff caliber roster and a chance to coach um, one of the ten best players in the NBA. That's that's going to be appealing. And Dan- D'Antoni is just he's this group I feel like it's obvious why it would appeal to him uh his best teams have been run by dynamic point guards Steve Nash in Phoenix and James Harden in Houston uh, James Harden and Chris Paul next to each other in Houston really uh James Harden and Russell Westbrook next to each other in Houston multiple point guards in, in in some of those later stops um 
I like my just sort of initial thoughts without diving too deep as we get a little closer into the coaching search stuff, which I assume happens as teams get eliminated from the playoffs. And if Brooklyn goes all the way to the NBA finals, which I think is fairly likely, I'd say they're currently my favorites to win the title. Um, with all due respect to Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns, um, like if if they go to the finals, it'll just be delayed. Um, I think the Blazers would get an interview with Chauncey Billups as soon as the Clippers are eliminated. Um, and then if that's their guy and he wants to do it, maybe you don't even get to the, you don't even wait for D'Antoni. You just like, you just go for it. If your first choice is there, you just go for it. Despite what Olshay wants the media to believe, I'm sure he's narrowed it down. So sort of my initial thoughts on on Mike D'Antoni is that I think there's a weird perception that he's like an offense only coach. And while he's definitely uh, an offensive like guru, I don't know if that's the right word, but someone with who's early 2000s offensive teams change the the direction of the NBA quite uh quite literally you know I'm the the seven seconds or less Suns changed changed the direction of basketball it took the rest of the league maybe 10 years to slowly catch up and the Warriors really pushed it forward but that was Dentoni's doing right like that was you know play fast take your first shot and your best shot shoot threes all these things um this was Dentoni Suns while they didn't win a championship or make the finals they were the team that um changed the next era of basketball basketball quite dramatically um just 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 in terms of like structure but Mike D'Antoni isn't one way. Um, the Suns played incredibly fast. And when he got to Houston, when he had different personnel, they didn't play incredibly fast. In fact, they had one of the slowest paces in the league his final two years in Houston. They were high ice. They were, instead of sharing the ball, whipping around and playing quickly, they isolated a ton. They played the highest amount of isolation possessions in the league his final year in Houston. Um, I think like the perception of D'Antoni both as an offense only coach and a guy who wants to play fast, fast, fast are, are both incorrect. He's what D'Antoni's actual strengths are, are identifying what his players do best and then doing that every single time. I read the seven seconds or less book by Jack McCallum. A book that follows uh, those D'Antoni Suns team or one one specific year of, of Suns team. And, and McCallum was embedded with the coaching staff and like got to sit in all the meetings and all these things. Incredible sort of insider book. For NBA fans, highly, highly recommended if that's if that's something you're into. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. But in that book, you kind of get a sense into what uh, Mike D'Antoni's like as a coach. And that is, why wouldn't we just do the thing we're best at every single time down the floor? That's his whole philosophy. And so in Phoenix, it was play fast and run through Nash and run a ton of Nash Amari pick and rolls. And in Houston, he adopted that same philosophy. Our best thing we do is when James Harden isolates. So let's ISO and do all of that. Um, it's it, He doesn't play one way. He plays to, the stre- to his team's strengths, which is like literally the job of coaching. Shouldn't surprise you. But I think pigeonholing in D'Antoni into a guy whose teams play incredibly fast and shoot a ton of threes while the Blazers quite frankly would probably benefit from that style um they would like be better off being the Suns than they would be the Rockets um it doesn't you know he'll figure it out if if he were to be the head coach he'll figure it out here I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he's he's adaptable in that way now once he makes that decision he's not particularly adaptable his whole theory is why would we change it up do what we do best um and while I think that is uh, maybe a sign of there's some genius to that, there's it's also just like a natural stubbornness to him. Is like wh- why you know we're already doing the thing we do best. There's no need to make drastic changes. Uh, sounds a little bit like the things that people didn't like about Terry Stotts, like a stubborn ISO heavy coach. Oh no! But uh, D'Antoni's obviously a really good coach. Um, you know, Hall of Famer. But like I said, it's someone who's who's changed the game, an offensive pioneer in the league, and and all those things. 
Uh, also, there's, I don't think this is really true. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to like set up a straw man so I could light him on fire. But I think there's a perception that D'Antoni is like not a defensive coach. And after Neil Olshay talks so much about defense and accountability and all these things, that hiring D'Antoni would be like um, the antithesis of Neil's idea. While it would seem to go against some of the things he said, I think it, I think D'Antoni's like, like, stature, gravitas, whatever, position in the league and, and seniority and all those things would still fit the bill that they're looking for. Um, when when Damien Lillard was still sort of granting interviews and talking openly about what he'd want in a coach, he said that, you know, experience would be an ideal trade and things like that. And I think that's what this team needs. They need a, they need a voice that people would listen to. And I think with all of um, all of D'Antoni's experience and his success in the league, he's a voice you'd listen to. Um, it's, it's much harder for a first-year coach to come in here and sort of demand those types of things, which is why I think guys like Ime Udoka haven't been floated in, in, in Blazers coaching search because while Ime is probably very deserving of a, of a coaching spot, he's not the guy with like a great deal of gravitas and a track record of success that he can say, hey, listen, listen to me. It works this way because of this. Um, that's just not what the Blazers are looking for in this iteration of the coaching staff like this. This next step, however long that is, if it's three years or five years or 15 or whatever, I don't think D'Antoni's going to coach for 15 years, but you get it. Uh, it's, it's, you need someone who the veterans on this team, you know, 31 year old Damian Lord will listen to, buy into all the way and fully. And like he would in theory do that with certain coaches, but I think you need, I think you need real gravitas to kind of grab hold of this locker room and get them to, um, get them to go in the direction and do the things you want them to do to fully, fully buy in and not just, um, you know, not just kind of switch it up and then rely on what they do well. So, like all that is to say D'Antoni has this reputation of being one way I don't think that's true I also think he's like he's coached pretty mediocre defenses pretty consistently even those Suns teams who people remember as being bad on defense um they were just they just played high scoring games in terms of like defensive efficiency numbers they were right middle of the lead, middle of the road and that's like consistently what um D'Antoni has coached he's coached teams that are like mediocre on on defense that's that's who who they've been they've been like somewhere between 14th and 18th in his seasons in Houston uh, and in Houston, they use a switch heavy scheme that relied on their specific personnel. And I think that is really what um, the strengths of D'Antoni is, is that he says, we've got Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker and James Harden. These dudes are super strong. Let's switch everything and see if they would just, you know, dare people to try to post up against our really strong guards. Uh, let's, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook cannot play with the traditional center. So let's get Clint Capella the hell out of here and let's play super small because he needs all this space to be as, to be what they are, um, you know, to, to maximize his gifts. Or before that, when it was uh, Chris Paul and James Harden, these two dudes do not play well together. Let's split them up so they basically only share the floor for 12 minutes a game max. Uh, we'll just, we'll, you know, take, take CP out early. And then after Chris or after James goes to the bench, we'll bring CP back. Like D'Antoni is really sort of good at figuring out what, what his rosters can do and tailoring it to that. Um, he's not a bad defensive coach. Uh, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's an offensive coach, right? Like that's going to be where his strength is. But the idea that he's like incapable of coaching good defense, um, is probably wrong. Uh, if you, if you're expecting the Blazers to take like a massive step defensively, um, you know, he's probably not the guy to get him there, but I think, um, and maybe this is controversial and you can tell me if you hate this idea, but I think personnel matters more on the defensive end than it does in the offensive end. You can get guys to run your sets and run your stuff on offense. Um, and, and the personnel will kind of fit in. You still have to tailor it a little bit to what they do, but it's easier to say, here's, here's what we get. Here's the actions we run and the places we stand and all these things. Um, and that is less personnel dependent than on defense where it's like, 
you don't get to dictate the action on defense. The other team dictates the action and then you have to react from there and you kind of prevent what they're doing. Um, that is more personnel dependent, even if you have a good defensive scheme. Uh, there are certainly coaches who are better at coaching defense, see Tom Thibodeau, but like, uh, you know, see Steve Clifford even. But like, it's, I think defense is more personnel dependent. So while, uh, you know, you could get a defensive oriented coach, if you give the, that coach the same personnel the Blazers had last year, they probably top out somewhere around like 12th or 13th in the league they could be like an above average defense if they're above average defense and the number one offense in the league they'd be pretty freaking good so I think that's like an okay place to start but those are kind of my sort of quick thoughts on Mike D'Antoni. Uh, I think he would be a fine hire. He'd be a little bit weird of an hire, somewhat ironic because he seems to be um, like sort of like supercharged Terry Stotts, you know, an offense coach who's who's known for being a, an offense first coach who's known for being a little bit stubborn. Obviously, much shinier resume, higher track le- record of success, probably, um, you know, just he's just like in another, he's a he's like a surefire Hall of Famer where Terry Stotts has been like a very good, you know, a good coach in the league for a decade or whatever. Um I don't. I wouldn't be against Antony. I think it'd be really intriguing, but um, it would certainly be considering all that we have heard leading up to this. It would certainly be interesting. Uh, but you know, if he says he's interested, if if that's if those are the reports, those are the whispers that he's interested in this job, I think he deserves a a serious consideration. Um, you know, it's every coaching job is different. Like it's it's this isn't. I think D'Antoni fits what the Blazers want to do um, more than he would just sort of like any job, any like sort of lump of clay that he could mold. I think this specific group could um, could could greatly benefit from sort of what D'Antoni is really, really good at. All right. In the third segment, I want to close out the show with some thoughts on the Blazers switch from NBC Sports Northwest to Root Sports, what it means for your viewing um, and some other thoughts about the transition. But before we get there, let's talk about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to place bets on all your sports action. You want to bet on the next Trailblazers head coach? You can go to betonline.ag right now and get the following odds. Chauncey Billups at 2 to 1 as I record this. Sam Cassell 4 to 1, Dave Yeager 6 to 1, Mike D'Antoni 6 to 1, Kenny Atkinson 7 to 1, David Vanderpool 9 to 1, Jeff Van Gundy 10 to 1. Becky Hammond 12 to 1, Wes Unsell Jr 14 to 1, Nate McMillan 14 to 1. Darvin Ham 16 to 1, Steve Clifford 20 to 1 odds. Sounds like uh, Chauncey Billups odds on betting a heavy betting favorite. But uh, all that is the type of thing you can find on betonline.ag. It's not just betting on live sports, basketball, hockey, WNBA, MMA, UFC, uh, Major League Baseball, all those things. It's it's betting on on props like stuff like this. It's easy. It's quick can find the action you want so go over to betonline.ag right now and when you're making your first deposit use the promo code locked on and you will get a 50 percent welcome bonus that's betonline.ag the promo code is locked on and you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus for your troubles today's show is also brought to you by built bar best tasting protein bar in the market it comes in nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavors so make sure you're checking builtbar.com because you never know what's going to pop up they're they're innovating and bring you delicious new yummy flavors those that's an addition to the ones they always have that are coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie double chocolate and salted caramel if you don't know what you like i recommend you get a mixed box you'll be able to get two of each of the nine flavors they offer try the ones you like find out what you like and then order more from there uh they're listen they're all covered 100 chocolate they're delicious they've got that candy bar like texture uh if you've listened to the show you know i've said this a bunch and nothing's changed these are just the best tasting protein bars that there is uh and that there are just depending on what kind of verbs you want to use there uh 
Each of them come with at least 17 grams of protein and five grams of net carbs or fewer. They're good and good for you. So go get yourself some. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about um, we talked about the CJ McCollum trade stuff. How um, how quickly things change. I, even at one day into my prediction that Chris Middleton could be had, it kind of looks like um, circumstances may have shifted. We talked about the Blazers' coaching updates. Mike D'Antoni interested in the position, and I shared my thoughts. I think he could be a pretty pretty. He's at least someone that you should definitely consider. I think he could be a pretty good coach here. Juwan Howard out of the running. Um, he was a name that was floated to be to be on the Blazers' short list of candidates. Uh, sounds like he is no longer on the list because he is staying in college. But this is, you know, this is the sort of theme of the of this summer, theme of this spring, and theme of this offseason for the Blazers. It is change, change, change. And then one of the things that's changing in addition to the coach is going to be who broadcasts the games. The Blazers announced this week that NBC Sports, after 15 years, uh, nay Comcast, NBC Sports Northwest, uh, formerly known as Comcast, no longer the broadcast partner, and that will shift over to Root Sports that has signed a four-year deal to broadcast Blazer games. What does that mean for you? Well, it means you'll still see your favorite Blazers personalities. Blazer broadcasting is in-house, so the like where the TV is is broadcast from will change. Who's on the TV in terms of during the games very unlikely to change. Uh, Lamar Hurd and and Jordan Cantor are Blazers broadcasting employees. Michael Holton and Brooke Olsendam are Blazers broadcasting employees, so you'll still get all four of them. Uh, Same with Blazers Radio. Travis Demers and Michael Holton are, again, Holton, double duty, still a Blazers broadcasting employee. Like, that's not going to change. You're still going to see those same people on the broadcast. It's the other stuff, like the post-game shows, uh, Danny and Joe, who run the uh, post-game show. They are uh, no longer going to be, uh, well, they could be involved in the future, but they are part of NBC Sports Northwest, not Blazer Broadcasting. So their their future is now up in the air. And the content from, you know, other people that you know, like Dwight Chains and Jamie Hudson, they're, though, that is no longer, that has gone the way of, of the Dodo because NBC Sports is shutting down. Uh, I think I have a couple thoughts on this. One, um, Root Sports does not have streaming options right now. So part of the reason the Blazers made this move is because they could get Comcast had an NBC Sports, whatever, NBC had had. They're the same sort of uh, parent parent company, all under the big peacock. Um, they could never reach an agreement with the satellite providers. So DirecTV, um, you know, people who had DirecTV couldn't watch Blazer games. It just wasn't a, the the channel was not available to DirecTV. That changes with the switch to Root Sports. Root Sports is available on DirecTV. It's available on Dish Network. So it's going to be, you know, overall, the Blazer games will be broadcast to more homes. Like this is more folks will have access to it because, um, you know, a lot of people have satellite. A lot of people have traditional cable and that's available on there. Like if you get Comcast, Root Sports available on Comcast. Um, so it'll be there. If you're someone who has a, like traditional TV, get TV in a traditional way via cable or satellite, you it will be there for you if you are um, in, in market. Uh, there's some other sort of like technical stuff that's going to be a little bit weird. Uh, you know, there's the... Root Sports also has the Mariners and they have the Kraken, which is the new NHL team in Seattle. Uh, NHL season and the NBA season run concurrent. So it sounds like on your cable provider or television provider, there'll be two sports, you know, Root Sports 1, Root Sports 2. So if there are, uh, if there are, uh, hockey games and basketball games at the same time, they will not overlap. Uh, could be the same for Timbers uh, in, and 
in theory, uh, Timbers and Sounders, the MLS teams in Seattle and Portland. But I think you'll just end up with multiple Root Sports channels that will be available to you when there are scheduling uh, conflicts. Uh, it's, it was reported by Casey Holdall, Trailblazers.com, that there will be, um, you know, the games will be broadcast live. So it won't be a problem. Um, I can't imagine the hilarious backlash if it was like, well, some of the games will be on tape delay due to conflicts with the Kraken. Like that would just be uh, like a major F up. So I, they haven't done that, but they haven't exactly announced that. So the, you, you'll get the games live if you have traditional cable providers, traditional television providers. It's just how that will work has to be shaken out. One of the problems with Root Sports is though that it, they're not available on the streaming options. Uh, so if you have something like Hulu or YouTube TV or Sling TV, like the really popular. Um, the Blazers estimate, according to Joe Freeman of the Oregonian, that about 100,000 of their um, viewers watch on on streaming services. Uh, that seems a little low to me, but I believe it if they say it. Uh, and so people who have cut the cord, so to speak, don't have access to Root Sports. It was reported today by The Athletic that... Uh, or excuse me, yesterday, I guess, by the time you're listening to this, by The Athletic, that uh, that there will be um, the not that there will be, that Root Sports is going to sit down with Hulu and sit down with YouTube and f- try to figure out streaming options. Now, distribution rights for TV doesn't usually get decided in a few months. Like you, like the, the reporting in the, in the Athletic was like hopeful that by the, the time the NHL and the NBA season start, that they'll have it worked out and so fans can watch those things. And I think that's in their best interest to work that out, right? Like there's obvious reasons why you would go ahead and do that. The transition to a new hockey team, uh, you know, they're in their first year and the Blazers in their first year on the network. You wouldn't want to alienate them. Um, a, a big chunk of fans or make it harder or seem like you're a shitty product. So there's like, there's, there's incentive to have root sports figured out, but distribution rights for TV. These things take forever. Um, look at the Denver market where Comcast and altitude TV are now sitting on two full years of not being able to figure it out because, um, the Denver nuggets ownership didn't want to take a bad deal. The, the Comcast didn't want to take a bad deal. And it, and look where we are, two years of, of something like 60% of homes in Denver who have no access to watch their local hockey or basketball team. Like d- TV distribution rights are super messy. Um, regional sports networks are were one time it just a massive cash cow. And I think while those things are still incredibly valuable, um, that is changing a little bit with the onset of more streaming options and those things. So maybe, if, maybe as soon as this year, they'll figure it out. As soon as this summer, they'll figure it out. So I think there's a lot of incentive too, but right now not available. Um, and that, that's a little frustrating. Um, I'm someone who doesn't have traditional cable. I'll figure it out. Um, it's okay. Don't worry about me. But it's I can see if you're someone who streams games, um, this switch to Root Sports is um, is bad news or can, or feels like bad news right now. But in general, um, it, it seems like um, it seems like in terms of like consumer thing, not that big of an impact. But where it is a big impact is like I have friends and colleagues. I worked for NPC Sports for a couple of years as a in a part time role. Uh, I didn't really do anything for them this year, but uh, I, you know, I've worked for them in the past. I, I know people there, got to know people there, have worked for them on, I've been on their television programs, written for the website, you know, uh, been on their radio shows. I've, I've, I've done, I've, I've worked with plenty and plenty of people who work at NBC sports and I feel truly bad for them as humans because they had to find out about their job future in the media. Um, that, that is, um, just like a whole level of stupid bullshit that humans who have jobs shouldn't have to deal with. Um, I find it cowardly and insulting that that's the way the transition happened, that NBC Sports didn't tell their employees until it was already 
already uh, a press release from the Blazers themselves and reports in the media that suggested that it was happening. That, that to me is what like really strikes me is that I feel for my colleagues who are going to lose their jobs and have to change their careers and particularly have to potentially have to pick up their lives and move to another place in order to pursue uh, careers in sports that are outside of the market. Um, with no warning, uh, I know what it's like to be laid off from a sports media company. It's an absolute bummer. Happened to me in 2018. Uh, it's it is a tough transition, and you would you would hope that when you know this is coming and you know that you're going to lose the deal, you would have the respect to tell your employees. NBC Sports chose not to do that. It is unfortunate that that is the route that they decided to go, but I, I, I feel wholeheartedly for my friends and colleagues at NBC Sports Northwest whose, new, whose news of this television uh, change hit them like a ton of bricks this week. Something that they knew was coming, but uh, management and ownership at NBC was too cowardly to admit to their faces. So I guess if you run a uh, sports, a digital sports company out there, there's a uh, you know a handful of really talented people out uh, out available on the market, and if you're looking for a, a, you know sales teams and people who run behind the scenes television production and radio production there's going to be there's going to be people to hire so make sure you hire those people and uh, make sure you treat them with a level of respect that adults doing a job professionally deserve that's probably all i'm going to say on the uh, tv front uh <laughs> it's not other than being being mad about how some of my friends and colleagues are treated there's there's nothing i can weigh in this is like you know million dollar deals that are way above my decision making i'm just talking about humans i'm I'm sad for the humans i'm angry for the quite frankly for the humans that were impacted by this i think as consumers the switch from root sports to nbc sports will be maybe frustrating if you're like a, someone who streams tv but you can figure it out or uh i'll just whisper this one you could steal it also Beginning next week, we are going to start our exit interview series running through everyone on the Blazers roster, giving you a look back at what they did last year and a look ahead to what is in the future for them, whether they'll be back on the roster, what, et cetera, et cetera, where they can grow, all these things. We will run through all uh, 14 gentlemen on the roster. Uh, we will, it'll be, we've done these in the past. It's kind of like an all encompassing look at their season and their future. They're a lot of fun. So I'll look for that beginning next week. We'll still pepper in mailbags. I've already got, uh, I tried to get an interview this week, but it, it fell through. I haven't given up on interviews, even though it's the off season. So we'll have an interview coming next week. I've got that one nailed down. Don't know exactly when, but I've con confirmation that it's coming sometime next week. So look for that. But again, we'll be, we'll be starting a sort of season in review series. We're still going to do mailbags. Uh, we'll, we'll try to have some uh, some fun interviews with people in and around the team and in and around the league. So uh, Locked on Blazers isn't going anywhere. Tell your friends that. Tell them to check us out wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.